The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him. But the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. morning, It's good to be back with you this week after a long week. I think I woke up in four different states in four days last week. And uh, was at the SEEK conference in St. Louis, and then my grandmother died, and so I flew to, like, Vermont, and then I had to fly to Detroit and give a conference to seminarians and make it back. And uh, so it was a long week. And, but it was, also, it was also a good experience of just like running into people and connecting with people and being surprised by the people that, <clears throat> that you run into. So like whenever you're at a conference with 17,000 Catholic people, um, like you're bound to see somebody that you haven't seen in a really long time, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is always a joy. And <clears throat> although I think being assigned here is turning me into an introvert because after a while I was like, there's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> And usually I thrive in that. And I'm like, I need to go back to my room. I need to take a bath. You know? Um, so when I was praying through today's readings, um, what, what came to mind a lot was learning, when I was learning new languages and, and the way that we use words. And, um, and so when I was learning Italian, there are certain words that were easy to learn, either because they were the same as the English word or because they just sounded cool and were used a lot. And, uh, and so, so for instance, like the Italian word for computer is computer. Um, or the Italian word for privacy is privacy. And there could be a whole nother homily about that and how like there's actually no word in romance languages for privacy. Um, and, uh, and then there's this other word that just sounds cool, which is echo. And um, it doesn't mean echo. <laughs> so, so echo is a word that's used when, um, when we're kind of like when we finally see something. Um, or let's say like you're with a group of people 
and you're waiting on somebody to show up. And finally they, finally they arrived. People will say like, oh, Ekolo, like there he is. And so it kind of means like there he is. Or when my nephew, Brian, was taking me around Rome when I was a deacon and we're going on this tour and, and we were going from like one place to another and, and we're going to see the Colosseum. And it seems like you're walking forever because you're just walking and, and the cro- streets are all crooked. And then finally, like in the distance, you see what you're looking for and he'll say something like, ah, echo, like there it is. And, and it's almost a word that expresses a kind of joyful surprise or the fulfillment of an expectation. And, and that word is translated in English as behold. But we don't use behold in English very much. Like, like in Italian, they always use echo, but in English, we hardly ever use behold. And, and so when John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, like he's really expressing this kind of joy at the fulfillment of an expectation. And it's a joy at the fulfillment of something that the people have been waiting for for thousands of years. All right, like the Messiah has finally arrived. And, and it's a word that should provoke in us a sense of awe and wonder and just sit there stepping back and saying, like, oh, I have, like, I have to just stop and take this all in. Like if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and you sort of walk up to the edge and you've seen it for the first time, you just sort of like are arrested by the beauty of it and you just kind of have to take it all in. You know, or if you've ever like gone camping or, or when I was, in army ranger school and, and it would be freezing all night long and you're just waiting for the sun to like come up so that you could feel some kind of warmth and you're like, oh, finally, and you just want to stay there. And that's what, that's what John the Baptist is, is provoking when he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And behold is, is a word that we use in the liturgy and, and it comes like right before we receive communion and, and the priest holds up the host and he says, behold the lamb of God, repeating those words of John. And, and that should evoke in us that same kind of wonder and that same kind of awe and that same kind of like finally, or like I've been waiting for this person to come into my life and there he is. But because of the regularity of the way that we pray, sometimes it's a word that just goes over our head and, and we don't think about the words that we say. You know, one of the beautiful things about being Catholic is that we have liturgical prayer and, and we have traditional prayers and, and we could be anywhere in the world and, and the prayers in the mass are the same. And, and I can get together with 17,000 Catholics from all over the country and pray the rosary and we all pray it in the same way and, and everybody knows those prayers. When my grandmother was dying, the priest came and prayed the rosary and, and at 97 in the midst of dementia and not really being conscious, she was wording, she was mouthing all the words to all the prayers and, and some of my non-Catholic family members were just like, whoa, like I can't believe that. It's a beautiful thing. 
but maybe a weakness in that is that sometimes we pray those prayers without thinking about what they mean or considering what it's meant to evoke in our hearts or connecting them to a relationship. And last week at RCIA, we were talking through like all the different parts of the mass and, and, um, and, and an interesting thing is like the greeting of the mass when the translation changed, it changed from the Lord be with you and also with you to the Lord be with you and with your spirit, right? It's always been and with your spirit. It's just in English, they translated it wrongly at first. But, but what that means is that the greeting of the mass is really a double blessing. Like it's, it's a moment in which the celebrant says, the Lord be with you and, and, and the Lord be with you is always a blessing, right? It's always a blessing. Asking that the Lord be with you here in this place, in this time, in this moment. And when the congregation responds, responds and with your spirit, it's really a prayer and a blessing and, and it's asking that the Lord be with the spirit of ordination that was bestowed on the priest at the time of his ordination to strengthen in the celebrant that charism of, of being able to take bread and say, this is my body. And that bread becomes the body of Christ or to strengthen in the celebrant the charism right, to preach well. And, and so when we say, and with your spirit, it's really like preparing for the mass in a way that's, that's the celebrant asking the Lord to be with everybody that's here and everybody here asking the Lord to be with the celebrant in a particular way. And, and so it's much more than a greeting it's much more than a greeting. And I remember when I was in high school, I used to think to myself, like, why don't they just translate it like good morning and everybody says good morning. But it's not a greeting. Like, that's not the purpose of it. Right? The purpose is to prepare to celebrate this moment of wonder and this moment of awe and, and to consider and think about, like, everything that we do and everything that we say. And I, I really believe one of the, the, the best ways to grow in the spiritual life as a Catholic is, is to just slow down a little bit and reflect on the words that we say when we pray and, and to pray them as if we're talking to a person. And when we pray the act of contrition, to be mindful of the fact that, okay, I'm saying this prayer because somehow I've ruptured a relationship and I want to repair it. Or when we pray the Our Father and we say, thy kingdom come on, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we're actually thinking about the fact that we're praying that we'll always be looking for our Lord's will and not our own. That we'll always be focused on what the Lord is doing before considering what we desire to do. It's a moment that connects us with John the Baptist himself who says, you know, the one who ranks ahead of me is coming because he existed before me. Or I must decrease and he must increase.
and so the words that we say matter and 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 they're they're a path to to continuing to grow in holiness and grow in wonder and as we do that and our hearts continue to be united to the heart of our lord and we continue to be transformed it's it's then that we become greater witnesses and lights that shine in the darkness of our world we give testimony to the fact that that our lord is better than everything else and he brings a greater happiness and a greater peace than the world could ever offer and so today let us pray that that we truly enter into that that disposition of wonder that disposition of awe that that kind of surprise at the fulfillment of our hope as we approach our lord in the eucharist and that he will continue to to transform us to transform our families our parish and the entire world <clears throat>